welcome to the podcast. It's spooky season. All you listeners out there, happy Halloween, soon to be Halloween. This is the Polarized Podcast. Welcome in. Sit down and get ready for a trip of a movie. Today we are talking about Splice. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was getting getting an image off <laughs> off mic real quick. My bad. Um, yeah, Splice. We're talking Splice. Hey, but you know what? Why we're talking about Splice is because this is a podcast about polarizing movies and polarizing movies in the sense of Rotten Tomato scores, even. Sometimes critics love it and audiences hate it or vice versa. And those are the movies that we talk about on this podcast. Spooky season. We're talking Splice. I am your host, Brandon Stables, and I would like to introduce my co-host, or affectionately referred to as Forever Guest, Mr. James Lindsay. How's it going? I'm the Forever Guest on this journey of life. I'm a Forever Guest on this podcast <laughs> of polarizing movies. It's my yeah, baby. It's my favorite podcast. I just uh, uh, yeah. It even, seems like you're gonna, on here. Not even going to mess around. Yep. I come back. Uh, and I just, I just like to be here. It, it feels good. You're like haunting this podcast. Oh, if I could haunt somewhere, I would hope that it would be a positive haunting experience. And I hope my uh, time here the as Casper. the forever guest has been a friendly ghost experience for, for yeah. the listeners as well. Hell yeah. It's I, you James, know what? The I forever could... friendly ghost, yeah. ghost and guests are close. I don't know. James, a.k.a. Casper, a.k.a. The Friendly Ghost, a.k.a. Forever Guest. The Friendly Guest. The Friendly Guest. Oh, there we go. I love it. That's me. Well, uh, the Friendly Guest. Do you think uh, season, man? You think the splice monster would come back as a ghost? Mm, no. And I if it did, so. it would probably, do you think it would be a, a friendly, <laughs> a friendly presence like Casper? Old no, Dren, old no, Dren. <laughs> okay, so it'd be Dren, so. Dren, the malintentioned uh, uh, creature, creature ghost. Yes, I guess there hasn't it's, been too uh, much of that. Like, uh, there's been like creature features. Has there been <laughs> like ghosts of creatures? Has that been a thing? I don't think so. I don't it's usually think so, right. It's usually people, right? It's usually people who are ghosts um, and have like. I don't know. Probably that's, people would say like spirits or something. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's but, what I, I'm glad you brought that up. That, cause that's what that's I was going to ask yeah. you point blank, right off the top, right off the rip. Do you think the splice creature has a soul, James? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Absolutely. Hey, we're sitting baselines here in ways that we will never understand as uh, the movie I think is, very clear is we're just not going to understand this. And we just keep trying and keep trying to control it, but uh, we can't do either. We can't, we can't fully understand. We can't control, but those patents are coming and we're going to, we're going to splice the splice monster and uh, see what we can get out of her. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's it, another, <laughs> that was a him at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> That's a whole nother discussion. Rapid changes. We'll about, yeah. About it's a splice fluidity. of life. It's a splice of life story. You know, uh, yeah, just a real coming of age tale. Yes. Coming of age. Yeah. As a splice creature, Adrian Brody really came of age as well. 
oh man, he comes off as like such a like trying really hard to be an early 30s guy, like a little too hard. I just the the aesthetic of this movie and the costumes for the two main characters mm. are so funny to me. I couldn't it's very over, up like, the time. I I think in so, yes, but, but in a in a terrible way where like, you know, they're having some I was so confused. I'm glad that you brought up, you know, um, a level of not understanding that this movie uh, operates in because I feel like I just got bonked over the head a majority of this movie because I just found myself being like, why are we doing this? Wait a minute. Who is like, what is the what's the point of this? And it just really doesn't answer any of those questions because it's more in my mind by the end of it. You're just like, right. It's just solely about this creature becoming a, more of a monster and everything outside of that, that would frame, you know, kind of larger questions, which the trailer we watched going into this, you know, presents this movie as being like, you know, they're breaking um, moral boundaries, ethical boundaries. You know, they're really pushing, uh, you know, yeah. Kicking the door down on the establishment. And there is an air to that in the costuming for Adrian Brody. And um, what's her face? Um, Holy, but I mean, but man, it just it couldn't give a fuck less about what's going on, you know, uh, at a broader picture or what is happening with in relation to how this would affect society. All of it's so gobbledygook nonsense. I just something about patents on animal feed. I like I couldn't make heads or tails of like because there's this movie has two projects quote-unquote projects that nerd the science company is uh you know it has created pharrell and yeah one of, pharrell created it pharrell created it yeah n-e-r-d mm-hmm. the net yeah and the neptunes it's it, they're both great i yeah that comedy just really didn't work for me did you did you find that stuff funny where it was like so on the nose like the fact that the monster's name's dren the name of the company being nerd there was also like again the clothes and the shit that they were saying like in there their was apartment, like there's no comedy to be had for me and i mean you we, you kind of started this there's so much to talk about with this yeah. movie so it's it's hard to just nail like start and just stay on one point but mm-hmm. you mentioned adrian brody's costuming and i think i mean that's a good place to start from because at the beginning beginning of this movie they are portraying these two scientists as fucking rock star yeah. fucking so against fucking the system punk. sort of way like scientists uh-huh. which uh, i don't know it doesn't, doesn't like make you, sense. you see as time goes on in the movie that it doesn't it doesn't really make sense if they're just like yeah fuck you know rules and the scientific method because we're rock stars it's like well <laughs> i don't know if that's how how you should be doing things but they are portraying them as like cool with their costuming with the music that's playing as they're doing things with the montage of when they finally leave their company, not to jump ahead, but that their music's that's playing when they go off and rebel and do their own uh, science in their own little makeshift lab, along with their, all all of the, the, the trappings of they have, they have like a sticker on their fucking incubator or whatever the fuck Uh, it is, or like one of their pieces of equipment. They have like, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Like some stick and like they're playing records and you know, like it's, telling you that these people are cool and they're fighting a system that is 
evil and trying to take advantage of people when in fact that yeah they're doing just that and none like of a, that is a, said in the movie a worse yeah. more like corrupt way it's yeah. it's the language of the music and the costuming and how it's at the beginning mainly is how they're portraying him and as time goes on i i, I don't know it's it, it starts to let that allure kind of in that and that veil kind of come down a bit but by that time it's just I am already at odds with how the movie feels about itself that I'm not Mm -hmm. willing to come back around by the end because yeah, just right off the bat, both of these characters are awful people and I do not care for them and I don't care for their choices and they uh, are infuriating to watch and go along with like the, the entire movie. Um, It's incredible how like unlikable both of them are. And also the, their relationship is confounding to say Mm -hmm. the least, because there is these power dynamics between the two of them that don't make any sense. Like where at times somebody will stand up for themselves and then at other times they'll just completely go along or be really like needing the other to agree with them instead of just, yeah, it's extremely toxic. And then it, but then it's also within the movie, just illogical because they will argue about things like he'll she'll hold him to a standard about Dren mm-hmm. that he doesn't live up to. He fucks up, she gets mad, and then he tries to do better. He kind of does, and then she goes back on her word a little bit and does almost exactly what he was gonna do. Right. And then he gets mad at her for doing what he was originally doing himself. And so it's just this like constantly negging each other and a, a little bit of gaslighting and a little bit of like yeah, toxicity yeah, between like their relationship. Yeah. But that's like the least of their concerns when they're the implications, the broader implications yeah. of what they're doing is so vast. And for them to be so fucking petty with each other about bullshit <laughs> uh-huh. and for this to play out really, really like a, like they weren't ready for parenthood and they're getting for it now uh sort of way at times is like and you mentioned humor and it's like there is like almost a, a weird sick or like it's just a dark not i don't know yeah there's actually it is pretty fucked up and sick but there's a yeah, dark it when it does work well maybe a dark humor like i can think maybe the and i'm not laughing at this point but maybe it's irony at the very mm-hmm. least which is when like those they're two little uh blob creatures destroy each other in front of everybody at like a it's that in itself and i we're just kind of jumping around maybe we should go through some plot elements but that we can reel it back in but that in itself was like the most horrific moment of and the most visceral and and gory and and horrific i'd say of in 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 the classic sense of the word uh moment of the movie that actually kind of worked uh before we go into all the things that go into a different version of horror for me, which does not necessarily work and just makes me cringe out of my skin into not yeah, wanting to ever living. like open my eyelids again. Oh, wow. Uh, at some of the, I don't know. So some of the shit is just like, ah, yeah. why is this happening? Can, can please stop? Please stop. Please stop. And then it just keeps going. And yeah. Um, but yeah, we can reel it back in. I was going to go back to our segment that we did a, an ep, ep or two ago oh, yeah. of, uh, asking, uh, what are you watching over there? Hey. Who are you watching over there, Brandy? I'm, gl- 
Oh, glad you brought it up, man. We're already kind of jumping over some broad strokes of this shit, but it it is one of those movies that, yeah. It's a new segment. We're chomping at the bit to talk about it, but um, so both of those things working in tandem, that's why we're getting to it now, but I'm glad you brought it up and I'll be good about uh, making sure we do that. when I intro the pod, I liked it last time. It was fun. Yeah. Um, What am I watching? Okay. So the thing that I'm watching that I watched, that was the, uh, I, just truly 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 enjoyed was i wa- finished all of the fall of the house of usher oh you finished I just, it wow i'm not that and far I, into it i consumed the hell out of it yeah. i literally we're big flana fans thing. we're flana fans over here big as we said fans. on our oculus app go check it out uh yeah um that show is wonderful it is it has a lot of characters and a lot of them are they're built out enough to when they have their whole like arc and whatnot. It, there's a lot of like satisfying, scary and interesting stuff that happens in that uh, television show. And I could not recommend it enough. I cool. It's been a while since I've just devoured a TV show mm-hmm. and it is so perfect in that. Yes, each episode is about an hour long, but there's only in the whole series, I want to say there's eight or nine episodes. Yeah, I think it's like in eight to, in, in total. Uh-huh. I'm and on I just like three. Yeah. Big fan of that structure of like, this is it's there's not going to be a season two. It's just mm-hmm. this is the whole, you know, package. And this is the story that it's trying to tell. Love and it, it goes uh, beginning to end. Uh, uh, on that of what it's trying to say and it's amazing and I would definitely recommend I I can't wait to finish it all the all the Flanagan stuff is always something that I get excited when it comes around and it seems to happen every October on Netflix I think his deal with them might be wrapped up with this uh, but Mm -hmm. you know whatever, whatever he does next I'm definitely going to show up for and Anyone who's been around this podcast long enough has heard us become bigger and bigger fans of horror um, as a genre and been trying to understand it and navigate it in a way that figure, I don't know, for me, and I'm sure you can relate, we're trying to figure out our own tastes within that genre. There's enough Mm -hmm. time that has gone on that there are subdivisions within, you know, the broader scope of it all. And, uh, and I mean, even speaking of which this one should be right up my alley but it it just yeah talk about how i feel um what i've been watching um yeah still still working on hunter hunter uh an anime that is uh been pretty great and pretty long and so just been working through it casually um fiona and cake has been good i need to i need to finish that but that one's been good on on max uh the you know, kind of expanding out the Adventure Time universe. And I like those little kind of hour long specials that they had with, um, what was that? I think there was one with like Marceline and then uh, Bimo, uh, which is so cool to have a whole, you know, little thing about a side character and then the Fiona and Cake thing. Yeah, it works within like kind of a multiverse thing in a, in a way more interesting, funny, cool Adventure Time sort of way. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, we're both huge fans of blank check on, on this podcast. Um, a lot of Finchies. So yeah. doing, doing the, going back through some, some Finch man stuff, uh, 
big Doughboys fans, obviously, if anyone got the pinch man part. But yeah, uh, yeah fucking Zodiac and Panic Room and the in the game and is kind of where where I've been uh, spending some time and just I think Zodiac is is one that um, could plot me down in front of uh, at any time and I and I'd be happy just to sit through Gyllenhaal and Ruffalo just quizzically and just looking in and figuring out mysteries and yeah. trying, trying to understand it and uh i i don't know i just i i eat it up it's got such a rhythm to it that the two and a half hour runtime just kind of blows blows by for me and i think mm. uh yeah benjamin button will be my next one which is another kind of comfort food movie for me it puts me in a in a mood and uh i like being there for like an extended period of time i know it's going to be a longer movie and i can uh sit sit in it and those i don't know those kind of movies i think we all have some version of what's a version yeah. what's a movie like that for you i mean i'm sure some fin- fincher movies for you but is there like a, a longer movie that you're just so you've seen a bunch of times you know maybe a weekend sort of day you kind of sit down and and just consume it i know we're big bond, bond yeah i was guys. thinking bond uh fills that requirement mm-hmm. a lot of the time uh, but when it comes to Finchies, I mean, Social Network is a pretty long movie, mm-hmm. and um, it's whenever that's on, there's just always really f- interesting parts about it that kind of, you know, uh, weirdly, yeah, like you're saying, is kind of relaxing. Yeah. And the, the pace of that movie, uh, the colors in the movie, the dialogue, all of it is just so... Um, yeah, there's a rhythm it has a rhythm and a cadence and it's all it's like kind of meditating like almost mesmerizing it is it's because everybody is saying the coolest shit because of because of sorkin and it's just fun to hear people talk in a way that's like man everybody is so intelligent and so smart and Mm. saying all the coolest and right stuff and it yeah i don't know provides a level of comfort that just washes over Mm -hmm. me so i would say that and then yeah i mean I mean, we're both girl with dragon tattoo fans. I was going to say, even besides, yeah. you know, there's, there's a scene that I've seen it enough at this point where I'll just fast forward through it. Absolutely. Yeah. And just it, move on. You are, Yeah. Once you see it, it's so shocking that you can just, uh, once you see it start, you can skip over it and be like, all feel still kind of the remnants mm-hmm. of what that was trying to do because yeah, you don't need to see it multiple times to know how yeah. that goes down. And sort of like this just, movie, except the whole movie. <laughs> yep. I oh okay good nice segue yeah let's <laughs> just get fast into... forward the whole thing but there yeah, I mean just... but speaking of that scene there are essentially two scenes of that in this movie I consider that Adrian Brody scene with her too that'd be like him oh. taking advantage for of her in a lot of ways but and then the one yes. with you know with Sarah Pauly but yeah it's just there's two of those the Sarah Pauly one is is very ugh. Very, very crazy. Yeah, it's uh, this movie. Uh, let's get into it. So, what do we want to say? Have about you seen? The, you haven't the, seen this movie before, right? I, I had not. This is your first before. time, and my only time was it was yeah. And I was twenty two thousand nine. I was living in uh, our neck of the woods where we grew up. I moved back home, uh, mm-hmm. and I went out to the movies with. Our friends, uh, you know, Dylan, our friend Dylan was a projector. You were a projector for a bit, bit of time mm-hmm. at the movie theater. And I would just kind of, when I was broke, uh, roll up there and 
he'd let me in and I'd be able to watch movies. And, um, that was, that was nice. And I catch him on a smoke break and we smoke a cigarette, hang out and be like, I'm just going to the, watch predators or something. I think that came out around this. Uh-huh. Time. Was, yeah. That one was pretty good. Another Adrian another Brody. Adrian Brody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this one was one I, we all sat down and watched together. It was like me, Dylan. I think Garrett was there. This is just me and Brandon people talking, but you know, uh, yeah, yeah. good people, like good, good people to watch a movie with, but we, it was really just Great us. Yeah. And it was late night showing just us in the theater. And uh, one other older, older man that was like sitting like a row behind us uh, by himself. And um, as the movie went on, and we were all just we were like, oh, Del Toro, hell yeah, like, let's let's fucking sign up for this because I mean, Dylan for sure was big movie buff, and and Garrett himself was is an actor in in his own way. And uh, mm-hmm. by the end of the movie, we were just blown away. We were all looking at each other, just vocal, being very vocal about what the fuck was going on. The other mm-hmm. the guy behind us was like our essentially our buddy by the end of just kind of like, can you believe these? I know I can't. This is insane. What's going on? And we we're all just, you know, I just remember there was a, a, a palpable feeling walking out of the movie theater that I wasn't sure if it was going to hold up this this viewing because I had built it up, built it up so much in, in my mind of being a batshit movie that I wasn't sure if it would act. I'm like, well, maybe it's not actually that. And maybe it's good. It's certified fresh 75% by critics on, so on Rotten Tomatoes. So this time around, I'm like, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was fucking wrong. And no, it lived no, up and surpassed not, every, kids. every amount of bat shit that I thought it and possibly could. Yeah. And then some, I, I cannot some. believe this shit exists. I, I still this can't. This is such a gross and disgusting movie. Like, uh, yeah, there's like, so much there's I some actively like, yeah. dislike about this movie. There's some like Cronenberg stuff that like I, I try to be like, okay, put it in the frame of mind of that. Like, especially the little weird blob creatures and stuff. There's some of that that's like, this does feel a little Cronenberg-y of, of fucking with like genealogy and like creating this thing. And sure. But the, the direction that it goes is not worth it and ends up yeah being something that is being sensationalist with the philosophical questions that it poses rather than handling those questions delicately it like shows them in your Mm -hmm. face and does it in a way that's like it's it's not i don't know it i don't it's taking all the, it's taking all, really the clear... it's taking all the Freudian stuff and just like putting it right in your fucking face instead of it being like subconscious or anything like that or or any sort of like ooh there's some weird stuff. it's just like no this shit's just going on and like it it just there's some of the stuff that could be handled with some subtlety and it removes all of that and makes it over the top in ways that are not satisfying but just upsetting and gross and uh not horrific in in a satisfying way from somebody that's yeah, maybe a little newer to the genre, but this, this brand of, of horror, the close, what, what else would you compare it with this movie? Like I was thinking Cronenberg with some of those little blob creatures and some of that shit and the practical effects there. Um, yeah. I mean, it operates kind of like a monster movie, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's all about trying to contain Frankenstein. Like Frankenstein. Yeah. It's like Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say it's, you know, that's we're the real monsters. That's what it would like to be. But, you know, obviously it is 
yeah it it doesn't dr moreau a little bit i don't the know. relationship between the creator and the creature well at all no. it doesn't have an interesting point of view and it and because it doesn't have an interesting point of view, the way that it, it puts all of the pieces together to try to formulate an assemblance of like progression into the monster growing up and its creators having to deal with all of those steps and that like uh, maturity, I guess you could say, um, are suck. They're awful. They're just, yeah. I, I don't, they make poor choices all the time where I was watching similarly at my place with, um, with our buddy Nick, who's been on the pod, and then <laughs> my roommate, and the whole time that's good. You had people were, around. I wish I, I had someone God. to look to and be like, ah. I looked at my but cats, you know, and they're and, <laughs> and they just look back at you wanting food. <laughs> yeah, the only time they were interested was Lion King. That was the only time. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. Oh man, Cooper fucking covered their, Lion King. Covered their little eyes when that cat got killed. Don't even get me started. I mean, luckily <laughs> it. Yeah, it wasn't as gruesome as it as it could have been. It really looked like the cat had rolled over and they just put a little yeah, CGI like, tail and stick in its neck and the cat was just like, I just want some belly scratches. Yeah, it did at least look that's like what that. I, I told myself. I'm, that's, you know. no, that's a good yeah. <laughs> I believe that too. Um, that cat was cute. That cat was cute. Was uh, the Splice yeah. Monster cute to you ever? No. No, not my... Because it, it just started, yeah. Are those I noises mean, was, at all? yeah no yeah no there's no there's nothing it's upsetting nothing, it's upsetting <laughs> it's all wholly upsetting and and theoretically the only reason that and this is so stupid to say out loud is like the reason that spoiler alert adrian brody fucks the creature is because it's trying the language of the film is trying to communicate that it is like sending off pheromones and it has features of Sarah yes, Pauly's character. exactly right. So the, so he's kind of being manipulated into it because she's needing to reproduce. See, so I, she's kind I, of, I look at it. Though, I look at uh, that is that is it. I didn't think of the pheromones, her pheromones or anything sort of that. I was mm-hmm. looking at it in like a different way of like this this time around. I guess I don't remember how I felt last time. I was probably just like, what the fuck in, as in well. Place, but yeah, this way, like, this time I was like, he is taking advantage of her. Oh, like really? she, at this, oh, this no. point, like she, in my mind, I'm like, she's I still, I mean, she's in time, in terms of her growth cycle, I guess she's ma- matured enough as a woman creature or whatever, but like the still age, the age discrepancy and, and what I was, is just like, he's got this fucking creature locked in a fucking barn. He is the, as all the power and he chooses he's Buffalo Bill <laughs> and he chooses to. Yeah. And I, I just, I looked at that situation of, of him raping her essentially. Sorry. For, oh, like for Stockholm. The, oh yeah. We'll bleep that. Well, out. just uh, sexually uh, assaulting her as, as, yeah, as the creature sure. does to Sarah Polly later. Like I, I just, that's how I viewed that situation. And it was extremely upsetting that it started with like, fun happy dancing and music i i e almost like spider-man three or the first time i saw spider-man three where you oh, just kind of yeah. not that i had not a, this is made way worse but i just remember being caught so caught off guard by like oh toby mcguire's dancing now what i did not expect this but at this point it's a huge at, tonal shift right yeah, yeah and the movie like jarring. adrian Bodie and her are in a fight the thing had just attacked her and she had removed its tail like things are fucking dire and he walks in 
and is like, let's have some fun. We've been too stressed out. Yeah. And let's fuck. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy, Oof. man, that like the, the pacing and tonal shifts of this movie have a language that I, I cannot put my finger on whose mind it's coming out of rather than like, yeah, like a, it's a little Tim Burton-y, I guess, when I think of like Adrian Brody's outfit and everything. It's yeah. from the mind of Del Toro a little, or the produce, production production mind of, of Del Toro, but um, Adrian Brody Which, for the conference is dressed like a shitty Tim Burton knockoff character or something. I don't know, he's got like this shitty like metallic silver tie and this black kind of striped suit and this emo hair. He's all got this like emo goth hair the whole whole movie as well. Yeah, I mean, it's to the extent in which I found just incredibly comical that even their lab coats have like oh, yeah. anti-establishment or like punkish <laughs> like buttons and like patches on it. Because, you know, just to get across that these are renegade scientists. And the music man. when he's driving in his car, like there's a moment where their fucking monster of a creature is banging against the walls and in order to do that, he turns on the radio to some rock and roll. And one of the lab assistants looks back and is like, fuck yeah, hell yeah, turn it up. Woo. It's like, who are these people? Absolutely. <laughs> these rock and roll fucking scientists. And it's just such a bummer, too, because those characters exist for those brief moments in the movie. But there is almost none of them in the actual movie like there that that punk rock guy who doesn't really talk or do anything in the movie. Yeah. And he could have easily have been a character. Uh -huh. The brother of Adrian Brody. Uh, such a waste. Sucked. Yeah. Such a fucking like, waste. Just such a waste of a character like him the whole time. Like. That no relation to you. Like Absolutely. Yeah. That, and the movie's missing a scene where Adrian Brody and his brother, which it does exist in the movie, but it's so bad. The scenes are there, they, yeah, but there's no follow through. There's no follow through because there should be a really interesting conversation between the brother and Adrian Brody about the, what's going on and the ramifications of it. And there's it is so hollow or shallow because all it is is like, don't do that. I'm well, you don't, you don't know anything. Well, don't do that. And that's the extent of it. Just Are a you lot gonna of tell me about that secret experiment that you have going on. And he hears like noises that wouldn't be made from any other creature in the world and the other room mm -hmm. and, and banging and they're missing shifts or whatever. And they missed like the sex change of one of their little blob creatures and, and all this shit. And they like, they fail on every front these characters uh -huh. they fail on the thing that they should have just been had, had doing the whole time which yeah. i get that it's part of the narrative shift in the movie and the I, I, irony of losing their funding so they can't even do either but it's just so there's nothing to cling on to into this movie and no, i it's really not and i and i get that the best comparison that could be made is to frankenstein and the messaging within that movie holds true you know and in, in, in terms of that's such right. a such an amazing uh story and the implications of of creating life in that way but this one what it's driving home is just i don't know it just more like what you can do with it rather than the end end product of like the end of end of your uh story the care for characters the respect that you place on on the characters and the 
and the <laughs> dignity that you give them and the monster themselves it, itself. And then the accountability for those characters, like they give them a couple characters. They give them the brother we mentioned the is it the project manager? Yeah, essentially, essentially the, CEO, the with the beard. Well, say. the CEO is the woman, right? I think she is the executive, so she's uh-huh. the money. And then the guy is like, so you you're saying a manager, which is uh, that's essentially what I'm like. Yeah, I mean, well, we don't did, know the yeah, between the guy and the I thought she was like CEO in, of the company or whatever. Yeah. Sure, and it's better to say it that way. Where like, yeah, there's this guy who is their boss and then there's this money person and they are the business side of nerd and (laughs) again like i just have such a huge problem with i don't understand what they're really doing the business is like what is the goal in having that you know um shareholder meeting where i just was laughing that reminded me like a michael Crichton story or something continue i guess but like it, I was laughing so hard because I'm like, why would you even do this? Like what, <laughs> you would, you would just show a video of it at yeah. like, why would you bring the monsters in there? It like, happens no out of one... nowhere too. There's no buildup for that at all. Like, right. There's uh, not like a countdown. We got to get to, yeah, I know, hate the it. The movie doesn't meeting. tell you what it needs you to know. And it just goes into these, these places. And <sighs> yeah. something that can be said for that though, where like, and I, I want to touch on this in some sort of way where like, this is a bad movie. This is not a good movie. However, there is some sort of entertaining quality yes. to this that qual- like qualifies it as like a, a so bad it's good sort of situation at times. At if times. You, if you, like it to go through the whole process of watching it, I cannot say I would recommend that to anyone to to anyone to have yeah. this movie, to, to, to share it with anybody, even talking yeah. about it, it almost seems like a human centipede sort of thing, or like mm-hmm. you could tell them what happens in the movie. And that's almost as good as seeing, you don't even need to see, you'd be like, yeah, they like create this creature and then it, you know, they have sex with it. Um, that could be enough to be <laughs> like, yeah, dude. It, Cause you could tell someone like, that's what that movie is. And then it's like, yeah. then it's up to them to be like, do I need to see that? But, Going into a dry, especially in the movie theater for me, was something that was almost, yeah, it was kind of un- unforgettable. Uh, and, and, uh, but yeah, I, I just wanted to say that little piece of like, there is some sort of propelling quality to this movie where it doesn't slow down. It doesn't ask why and how for all the wrong reasons. It's very bad for that reason, but also mm. it maintains this pace. Like they, yeah are in they like right off the bat they're creating these blob monsters they're successful in their minds but they they don't get the funding to go the next step further so they're just going to chop them up for parts get the patents for the whatever it's it's so generalized like so it's so just like swept under of like and within one meeting so much is is just decided of like cool you're successful we need the patents for this shit you guys are are donezo so just finish it up and then it puts them in this place where they got to create this creature. And I feel like within the half, first half hour or less, 20 minutes, like the creatures created, they've yep. left like this, their main gig or like they're, they're wrapping that up. Um, and you're kind of just like on for the ride, but it just goes to places that you never wanted to go to as well. And it's uh gross. It's just dis- disgusting. Um, 
yeah. And it picks up a little bit at that con- at that conference almost for me where it's just kind of like let's let's see some fucking like hor- horror cuz like this yeah. is I don't know. I I'm I'm sorry I'm just ranting a little bit but we brought up no, the brother okay. and and the other dude. There are the they are the two deaths in this movie. They are the two deaths. Which one do you prefer? It's like they're the same fucking thing. They just get taken away into nowhere. The one guy gets hung on a tree and then the brother just gets taken off. He's gone. Yeah. You don't get to see him. (laughs) You see all this like buildup of like, ooh, this creature has all these abilities. It has this tail that grows back and it's growing wings. It can go underwater. It's like cool like set it loose in the fucking woods and have them fucking deal with it for a bit predator style or something yeah and no it nope. swoops them both up dunzo and then it just goes right to fucking <laughs> oh, it's, oh, uh, i don't like it i don't, I don't yeah like it, it really ups it is so egregious how little the makers and writers of this movie understand like what the system is that they're trying to make a commentary on because it really has no idea what it means to run a biotech company what are the implications of the creations that they make there and how does that you know uh how is that representative of corporate greed of um you know, maybe dated morals and philosophies when it comes to yeah but they combine those which is it's so like it's so backwards sorry to cut you up but like the yeah. corporate greed and everything like they represent that but then they also almost represent the moral high ground of like you should not be doing this but then mm-hmm. they rep- represent like moral uh just bankruptcy uh agent yeah. brody and and so it's so that no one comes out on top everyone fucking sucks and by the end capitalism kind of capitalism kind of wins or whatever i guess where they fucking like Oh, we're going to get the patents anyways. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. All of, oh yeah. This whole movie doesn't matter. And that's kind of how it ends itself is like, Pretty Oh, nihilistic, okay. I guess. Yeah. Very, which is punk rock, but I but mean, then it doesn't, God, what does it feel about the main characters? Cause it likes them at the beginning. They put rock music and shit. And then there's no point where it's like, give us someone to root for, give us the brother to root for against them. If they're, if they're so bad, like it never gives us right. a, any hope to be like oh there's a way out here yeah absolutely i just because i really i wish this movie had a point where you know maybe dren was on their side because they had for a just brief time reconciled their motives you know uh clive and elsa you know reconciled they're like you know kind of a growth as a team because they were a little you know especially at the start of this very like don't do this let's do it and at odds with each other and it would have been nice if it would have reached ahead where they're both in the same page of loving or taking care of or appreciating the creature and being in control of the creature Mm -hmm. because of their joint collective like parenting or whatever and then set the creature loose on like you know, the money person are like the corporate people mm. and they kind of have, damn it, Brandon, <laughs> they, you know, right. Like, yeah, they, that sounds cool. I like that. I, I don't know, are more of an active participant in rectifying the problem, which the movie presents is, well, corporations don't care about new scientific discoveries. They just care care about making money off things and if we want to do something interesting then we have to do it on our own but like 
none of that is ever addressed mm-hmm. really and it just it makes this movie endlessly frustrating because it just is i would honestly argue interesting in that it is a movie that presents a bunch of ideas and follows through on none of them <laughs> you know it just like, yeah so it just leaves you going like i uh, yeah i feel like i could take a pass on this script and and like plus it up no problem because you're like there was a this doesn't work you don't do anything with this another thing too is the stuff with uh elsa's like past with her mother oh my god that was so hollow so doesn't care like it doesn't care about that stuff and that's genuinely important it was almost interesting yeah right because it wants to say the reason that you know hey here's kind of a reveal towards like once the second act is really kicking off of like the reason that she wanted Dren in the first place is because of how poor her relationship with her mother is. So she wants to have this creature, not only for scientific discovery and F you to the corporations, but also for filling a hole inside of her, you know, so psyche that, you know, that her mother left there. And, but she ends up being just as worse as her mother and when the movie should start to really, really kick into high gear and be like, she is now recognizing she's being like her mother and she needs to do something about that to correct that or not, or give in to the fact, that, you know, uh, life is a cycle and the traumas of our parents get passed on to us and it's up to us to rectify whether or not we want to get over that. And it, all that happens in that, which blew me away, is it's it brings up the fact that the house exists. It mentions that her mother, like, locked her away there or did something fucked up to her there. And then she gets very frustrated with Dren not listening, ends up acting like her mother and being scolding, punishing Dren, all of that. And then all that happens is we don't see anything off screen real or on screen. All of this happens off screen. And she just comes back with the cat and goes, I thought about it. You know Oh yeah. That shifts. Oh, that was rough. And she, I was, she was attacked and, and you know, there was there was that moment of of her getting attacked, but her shift of of character was there's a lot missing with her. I, and I, everything that you're expressing right now makes me think that there's a version where she is the main character of this movie. And I think maybe that's something that could have helped it a bit, not to say that there's a perfect version or that anything would have worked completely, but the attention that it, like is given to Adrian Brody he could be more, you know, auxiliary sort of character as her mother stuff and everything is explored a little bit more and drives her to a point of being a true antagonist in a way and, and trying like, there's just their goals and motivations shift like every scene in this movie. And they're, they are combative against each other and, and you know, Dren at different points and their trio is constantly shifting their dynamic and everything. And maybe there's an interesting version of that too, but there's just nothing driving the wants and needs of these characters besides like just as long as they can push it, or it seems like they're just held hostage by their narrative that is being placed upon them rather than them coming to their own conclusions. Cause that was the second most horrific part and i'm not i'm not sure there's parts of this where i'm not sure how they're playing it the movie how it again like how it feels about about itself but 
the smile that Sarah Polly gives with the Barbie as she presents it to Dren. Uh, I was like laughing, but also scared at the same time. I was like, because she's like, this is my daughter. Just like her smile and the, the candlelight or like the dim light was just like really intense. Um, and there was some of that well, stuff that was like, said, that was like weird. About it. What's that? And, like and what, what she, she says about, about yeah. Cause she's like, I wasn't allowed to have Barbie. So this is uh-huh. my secret Barbie, uh, which is like you, you're, you know, uh, you're a secret Barbie. And there's, there's some of that. Whoa. Uh Oh, there's some weird stuff that could work, but then there's a lot of weird stuff that really doesn't. So I, I don't know how to decipher this. It must've been interesting for them to work on this because it seems like they were able to do what they wanted in terms of the narrative. Cause it, I just can't believe that they've, they would go to the places that they went to uh, with this. I, I, and I can't, I can't decipher the critics rating and why they like it so much. Um, but man, I, I feel like we've gone through a lot of, a lot of big beats of it. Uh, I'm trying to think like the, like Dren's growth and her, uh, as a, as an idea, as a concept, there are like some interesting ideas there, like in terms of like the blobs and how they like show their, their like fauna or like their weird, like things to mate or uh, whatever. Like there's some of that stuff. That's like, again, like Cronenberg yeah. weird and kind of like, Ooh, interesting. Cool. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Should I like this? I feel weird that idea, but it's, I don't know. Maybe I'm a freak too. Let's get into it. And uh, then it just gets, uh yeah beyond beyond that uh not fun anymore (laughs) yeah which is you're talking for anybody who hasn't seen it you're talking about something that happens within like five minutes of the movie yeah and then i mean well yeah i like when they kill each other too those little i like those little blob things (laughs) what was it fred and ginger i think is what yeah i think i put in my notes or or something but um yeah i mean what the movies, I mean, I'll go through some of my notes here. I feel like we're, we've, we've kind of got through the big, big beats of it all. We can go into some reviews, but the movie starts with the POV of being born. That is how the movie I, starts. That is a bold mm-hmm. choice. Bold choice. That is a bold fucking choice. Like it's going through this whole introduction of like the opening credits and the credits are like grooves on the on and veins of like uh-huh. i was gonna of, say like production cards fit the theme of the movie which is a very fun concept yeah like, you don't see that because typically it starts with movie, like x-rays of toes yeah. is how the movie like, typically, starts typically production companies have their own like company logo card whatever but mm-hmm. all of these production companies were put into this like it's got to be x-ray <laughs> genealogy stuff and Del so you just get all, like hey i mean if we're gonna yeah. if we're gonna do this together we gotta from square one be in on the on the vibe vibe check and when you walk in the door fred and ginger uh my question are we on the scientist side why are they portraying them as cool science montage um I clocked this at the moment because I'd seen it before when she presents the DNA uh, for Dren. They are playing that kind of badass music and then they're like, oh, it's just Jane Doe, dime a dozen, but one in a million is how they describe her. 
And I was oh. like, if I were to give the movie credit, I'd be like, oh, maybe they're playing this music just to kind of shuffle away a little bit of the process of like, you don't question what the DNA is. You don't question what they're really doing. Uh, and then the twist maybe works a bit. I mean, it's shitty, you know, disillusion from a, from a shitty magician in terms of movie making and everything, but trying to sh- throw, uh, you know, a little distraction so that people don't question of like, Oh yeah, where are they getting this DNA? And it just made me think of young Frankenstein where it's like, Oh yeah. So where, where are they getting this DNA? Oh, someone named Abby, yeah. Abby, you know, <laughs> Abby, Abby normal. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah. Wasn't your hump so, on the other side? <laughs> what hump? Oh, uh, get it. So, so that gets to the heart of the problem for me is is that I do think this movie has this comedic, yeah, like a, a, a agenda to it, like wanting this movie to it's be punk rock. You know, yeah, something that you can laugh. Like edge lords. They're like edge lords. Yeah, but it just doesn't come off that way. And I felt about that is I would have really loved a description about what genes were going into it so that throughout the movie, it could have been more of a fun, like, which Mm -hmm. which gene is coming out right now or whatever. And like, Mm -hmm. you can have more of a clear delineation of like, oh, this is the, you know. No, they're just as lost as we are, Brandon. They have no idea. He tries to drown her and then ends up like saving her, saving her. You totally knew that was going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, Uh Yeah. which is right is supposed to be funny, and it just comes off as very, very. No, I don't. If even if it was going to be funny, it further frustrates me about the characters in this movie. Because yes, he's trying to hide it. But then he follows through on that. Like he had in a moment, like, I do want to kill Dren. And he attempts to follow through. It doesn't work. But then he just fucking chickens out there. Like he's such a fucking like cuck ass little stinky. (laughs) This is the heated, most heated you've ever been. Uh (laughs) I just hate like. That's a strong move to try to fucking kill Dren. And then like, you don't, you don't follow through on it. And then when like you get called out for it, you just chicken out and don't spess up to it. And then you try to have, and then you have sex with it. Like fuck these characters, man. Like they're just like, it's it's awful. Like it's fucked up. Like he, he like lies and then takes advantage. Like they both do. And they just are constantly trying to look out for themselves and they backstab each other. And no one is, is is coming out on top and and the brother backstabs them trying to be the righteous one and then just immediately gets taken out for it in an unsatisfying way and then the <laughs> end and then the ending you know has a nice has a nice little like pin to it i i guess for a horror in terms of horror movie logic but then it's also fucking weird um i'll go through the rest of my notes i guess uh there's a moment where like they're trying to pump each other up about how to how to work through a problem and I forget exactly what the, why like Adrian Brody's having a problem. It's like, why would we uh, be doing it this way? Or like, why would we try so hard? And and she goes, cause wired doesn't interview losers. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're doing this. We are doing this. Like they're fucking they're like, even their self-righteousness doesn't come across. Yeah. It's all vanity. It isn't followed through. And then their vanity isn't followed through on either. They're just what, no. 
the script needs at each moment, like is what the line will say. And it doesn't meet their character. Her uh, tick is a what is a tack. Her tick is a tick tack. She eats tic tacs for a tick. I get it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. That was just, yeah. I was just like rolling my eyes out of my head at, at that point. Cause they were trying to figure that. I don't know. There's a moment where they have an issue with the, uh, the science montage. Trying and then she's like, ah, oh, what do we do? Ah, I just gotta, what I, and then they're like tapping their foot, you know? Yeah. And they're not, they can't be actual Tic Tacs. So they're this some knockoff light, thing, yeah. lightning label. And I was like, what are the, what the fuck is she eating? That's right. Yeah. Dry, There's no label on it. Nuts. It's like some, I'm like, cause how she do needs I more candy beans <laughs> that these are actual Tic Tacs? Like these are wackadoo characters that are Tic Tacs saw this move, I, saw the script and it was like, <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god, yeah. Could you imagine? That would be a hard pass immediately. You're it's like, gonna be oh, new Reese's Pieces, I swear. Yeah, your main character fucks a teenager? Yuck. Um, E.T. never did that. <laughs> E.T. never did that. Uh, he kept his dick in his <laughs> body, I don't know. Um, Could you imagine? E.T. grew up, grew up <laughs> five times as fast, changed sexes, uh, genders, yeah. um, Everyone dances with everyone. Bob fucking Fosse. What, what's that? Oh, I, the Bob Fosse line was sick. I love that Bob. Yeah, I was like, woo. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool line because this dialogue sucks. Yeah. Um, oh, there's a lot of stinkers. I got a lot of stinkers here. I got uh, two uh, two things in my notes is that this dialogue sucks. And I really don't understand a lot of why things are happening and what people are trying to do. Agreed. I had to write that down because I was literally like, this is. What else am I going to write down? Because I just really don't understand why, you know, why there's these deadlines. Why didn't the brother was, why couldn't the brother find out if the things had a sex change? Like what, like there's a whole plot point in here that I'm yeah. just reeling about being like, wait, why did this? Because like I said, I was just totally blown Flat away. out like, incompetence I, all around. That's why. Yeah. It just, it, it's a bunch of stuff that doesn't make And then sense. he just gets mad too. And then he's just like, well, why weren't fault. you there? Yeah, well, no, it was yeah. your fault. No, it was your fault. And they just like fucking throw it at each other. And that's what Adrian Brody and Sarah Polly do to each other too. And so it just, and it just keeps going around and around and then bad shit happens and no one's held accountable. Like there was a real lack of accountability in this entire movie. No mention of authorities coming in at all. Just like, I mean, there was like the threat of like, Oh no, this is, people are going to be mad at us. If we, if we do this, uh, Adrian Brody a lot of the time, but then he would just wimp out every time he would always say these things and then just like fucking wimp out. And then he'd get chastised for it. And then he'd be like, Oh, well, and then she would fuck up. He'd be like, well, you said we should do that anymore. Now you're doing it. So there. Yeah. And then he'd try to kill her and move on. Um, I just, I, it blows me away that Guillermo del Toro produced this because I would assume that he would have obviously had read the script and been at least well, part of some of the involvement in the production of this. Yeah. And as a guy who made a movie about yeah. a, mm -hmm. about a child's trauma has made a movie about being in a relationship with a creature. That's what I was going to mention was that's, that's yeah. the, the bones of this would carry on to, I think in a better, much better way, the shape of water. And, and I think that we've already kind of laid out some of those points earlier on in this discussion of like the reasons why this doesn't work and the reasons why shape of water does is that it's, 
it's it's foreign it's not from her own creation or anything and it's a sense of like trying to understand she just wants to understand and empathize with this creature that mm-hmm. no one else has before and all the characters in this movie are trying to take advantage which in shape of water there are those characters too michael shannon for example yeah yeah for sure and and her character cuts through as someone who uh just shows a sense of empathy and and care for the misunderstood which i think guillermo del toro is successful at in his best form and everything but this just has the bad parts and, mm-hmm. and doesn't have anyone to root for or to find the solace in knowing that there's oh even if it doesn't happen even if it is a horror movie ending of like we have this plan we got to enact it and then they try and they fail or like say they, and then or like they succeed and then they're all happy at the end. And then there's that ellipsis of like, Oh wait, there's something more. And then you end on that. That's fun too. But this is like just down and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and shape of water has those moments, but the messaging is, is so much more resounding towards uh, a, a, a positive uplifting spirit of the main character. And that coming yeah. through and wanting to root for that feeling. And the f- I, I'm i just flabbergasted and confused I'm, and frustrated and annoyed and disgusted. So, and, and there's yeah. like, yeah. Me too, man, because it is just, it's crazy how glaring of a mistake it is that your main characters are so unlikable. Like that's got to be a problem that a studio would come in or somebody an adult in the room would come in and go, Hey guys, what I'm seeing is your main characters are not likable. Change that, please. There's no one to root for here. You're going to go through a whole movie of like, I guess maybe you're rooting for Dren, but how could you? She's a killer. She's a creature at a bare minimum. You'd have to do like in shape of water, like go so hard on Dren's interaction with people outside of her creator to understand her psyche and her emotions better to maybe paint her in a light that's more empathetic that you could be like, you know what I do, I am rooting for Dren, but you have none of that. So you have a whole movie of people that are huge assholes and pieces of shit. That's a huge fucking problem. And I don't understand how an adult in the room wasn't like raising their hand being like, we have to do something different here because this is not working. Mm. Sure. Maybe we don't have the budget to get into, you know, the inner workings of like the politics of it, because obviously, you know, uh, shape of water does that with Michael Shannon. You get a lot of like what the government is trying to do and their involvement, what their agenda is and all of the conflict that happens there. Mm -hmm. But, or in like, you instill the sense of moral depravity in the two main characters off the bat is another option as well, which this time around, I would, that just completely veers off course right off the beginning. That science montage is fucking bullshit. And like the only, the only way this movie could maybe work even a little bit better, even if it wouldn't completely work is you start off the bat. Like these two people are bad and you're going to go down a journey of them getting worse because that's essentially what happens. But when the movie's like tone doesn't fit with that, then you're just left confused and frustrated in my mind, they needed to to depict them as fucked up and either make whatever project manager dude or brother 
somebody that's going to try to alleviate the situation and either fail and make that the horrific part of it of like, oh, but at least like this, there's someone there that is the light that is trying to do mm. something to to make it better and then failed. And then, you know, oh, the horror. Uh, but no, like no. he fails. He fucks up at his job. He's bad at his job. Everyone sucks at their job and everyone is is bad at, was, at what they're supposed to be doing. Dren is just existing. And so you can't really like feel any sort of way about Dren because Dren is just a, a, a Frankenstein's monster. Doesn't um, talk. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was a really big issue that she ends up figuring out how to talk. I think kind of at the oh, end. Oh my God. <laughs> but man, I really wish that. Can Dren I? Would okay. Learn I to, we should listen to that. How to talk earlier because we really needed like her opinion on stuff because I just uh, naturally tried to shift to, like Dren is, you know, the kind of the hero of this movie, I guess. And, it's the yeah, closest you know. thing to, yeah, what I'm describing as some something to root for, you know. Right. But uh, it's it's just ups- upsetting. I I I think it's it's worth uh, at least experiencing this part even as upsetting as it is but these are the words that dren does say what do you want <laughs> oh god yeah. yeah no thanks no thanks i mean she she Spells things at at points. Tedious is one of the words outside mm-hmm. uh, with with some of the same letters. But that is one of the most upsetting things I've ever seen on film ever. I'm not I'm not exaggerating. It's like the yeah. most like I was by myself on in my living room, just like, ah, just like, throw like rescinding from the screen, just like, ah, like making those noises, just like, oh, no, no, <laughs> no, why? And oh god, it's not yep. it's I am horrified. And that's the thing. Like I am horrified, but not in an entertained good way, not in a way that I would I would commend the makers of this movie and be like, you you know, unless that's exactly what you wanted me to feel. Uh but damn, what's what's going on? Um some of the oh, there's another stinker. Ze- oh, why did they say that though? Zeppelin crashed and burned before my generation. I was like, Adrian Brody was, it's all this music bullshit of rock and roll and stuff. And she's like saying Zeppelin crashed and burned. Cause it's a, Ze- like, cause it's a Zeppelin. Like, yeah, oh, that was fucking ugh. the goopy knife in the mouth. When he like puts Adrian Brody, uh, like puts yeah. that knife in his mouth. You're like, Oh, oh why are you going to do that? Um, Oh, he has that. There's that one shot with the poster in the bedroom. There's like a, that poster of like an anime or something. looks like it's from Akira. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. I thought that was cool too. Yeah, it was, it was a cool poster, but I just couldn't. I was like, it, it looks like a Kira, but I don't know. Um, uh, f- feeding scene. Fuck off. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that whole anytime they'd have to be feeding, I think was was just upsetting, and not fun. Barbie scene, heroin, blood splash zone at the conference. Yeah. everyone in that front row really was part of the splash zone. Yep. And then, um, <laughs> right. Like just fucking this. Okay. This is the part where like the humor and they intended it to be this way kind of worked on me in, 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 
not like laughing at it, but laughing with it. Again, this whole horrific scene of like the two blobs killing each other. It's fucking, it's so disgusting and crazy. So weird. Jump cut to silence at the boardroom of them just sitting there with like their head in there. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And that is funny. It works. That works. Cause it it's works. like, you guys suck and you're incompetent and you fucked up and you should see a moment of you guys really sitting with that. Cause there's too much of like, let's do this now. Let's do this. Oh, we're angry. Or we're mad. Like there should be a moment of like resolve, like coming to terms with your decisions. There's no moment of breathing in this movie at all. It's always like, and even when they do, they decide to dance instead, like Adrian Brody or something, but a little bit more breathing, a little bit more like because the pace, the pace, <laughs> the pace is there for like a, a shitty fucking unintentionally campy movie. But, you know, um, yeah. why does I couldn't I, I couldn't figure out why he said this. Adrian Brody's like sleeping. Oh, oh, now I realize. Now I just fucking figured it out. Is it because because he's sleeping and then it does a slow zoom in on him on the couch and then he whispers with his eyes closed, ouch, and then he wakes up and then he goes into the barn and then I, I think is that where. No, it's after the dancing. I have no idea why he said that. Do you remember that? It was such a weird moment. He's napping inside the house and then it zooms in on him as I think Sarah Pauly's gone because she's pissed that he just had sex with oh, be, with dren it's probably yeah okay and then it zooms in on his face and then he goes ouch and then what gets up it was such a weird so, thing um, that sounds like what what it was trying to do is there's like a physical connection uh-huh between the characters so something happened to dren that dren got hurt and he felt it mm. it was confounding in an already this movie is inside you uh yeah and then the very ending i just don't i don't understand i mean i guess i do but it's just such a weird thing of like i don't know who this ceo character is and her i don't know they've had a couple scenes together the relationship between her and sarah polly but right at the end when you find out she's pregnant with a monster dren baby she just slowly goes up behind her and just holds her shoulders for like (laughs) two minutes and then that's how the movie ends of like, I don't know what this means between that. I mean, I know that she's like, she's like, you're my fucking property. Yeah, I get that. But right. Okay. Maybe I get it. It just doesn't work. Mm. Whatever. But because, because that character is never explored. None of these characters are really filled out in a way that is satisfying. Um, this movie is batshit. If you haven't heard of it, it's splice. You've gone this far. Uh, I'm the forever guest, James. This is this is my host, Brandon. And I'm Brandon. Let's hey. uh let's get into some reviews, wouldn't you say? Or do you need a break or anything? No, we can get into it. I mean, spoiler alert, I've read these reviews because I just I could like immediately was so surprised <laughs> that the critics liked this movie. 75 percent blew me away. Certified it fresh, certified. Mm-hmm. And I okay, I mean, even it. This is something I kind of like to think about as well as like, okay, so these are the publications that gave positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes that contribute to that certified fresh Nashville scene. NME new musical express. We know them. They're cool. Horror queers podcast. Okay. The magazine of fantasy and science fiction, three imaginary girls. Critic. That's like their bio for what 
who they are. Right. So I'm going down the list of critic reviews. So it's like a fu- funny. And then thing, it like says like their called. name and then their publication. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's like so an just, LGBTQ content creators that have a podcast that probably look at how mm-hmm. this is like a, you know, uh, commentary on trans people, right? I guess would be. Oh, maybe I could read that, that review. Could, I was yeah. just more getting giving the idea of like, these are the people that are a part of the critic reviews. It's not necessarily always like known publications. There's mm-hmm, some that sure. maybe you don't know as well, like Kevin Carr from Fat Guys at the Movies. Jessica Baxter from Film Threat. Shelog Rowan Leg from That Shelf. So Robbie Collin from News of the World. <laughs> right. So I, I'm just, just, I mean, a little bit of like, because trying to understand that 75%, but like maybe there's not all these bigger publications. But that being said, mm-hmm. there are a lot of those bigger publications still coming out for this movie. Um, we can do what was it? Horror Queers Express is that the one that you were asking about? Uh, yeah. From Trace Thurman, uh, three and a half out of five. Nothing can quite prepare you for the last fifteen minutes of this movie. Trace is right. Yes. And Trace enjoyed that for the most part. Three and a half out of five enjoyed that last fifteen minutes. Um, from Andrea Hubert from NME New Musical Express. The big showdown when it comes is a disappointment, but on the reflection, that's probably because the determination to get there overshadows the moral ambiguity of human decisions, which is as in life where the real horror lies <laughs> three and a half out of five. Oh God. <laughs> They're picking up the philosophical sinew of, of what the, of what splice is putting out. Yes. Uh, yeah. From Jessica Baxter at film threat. Though splice has viscera plenty. The horror of it isn't in the gore. It's in the notion that sometimes children end up evil and it might be entirely our fault. Damn, Jessica. Damn. Wow. Damn, Jessica. Shit. From Kevin Carr, fat guys at the movies. Four and a half out of five. Oh, shit. Oh, just disappeared. Sorry. Uh, He says, a grisly and raw cautionary tale on the dangers of science without regard to consequences. Hmm. That's what they like you to think. God, it's just hard for I'm me so not mean. to. Just, <laughs> I know. I, I was just about to say that. I feel so mean because all of this, I'm like, you guys are giving this movie way too much credit. Yeah. Like you are doing all the legwork for a movie that is so uninterested. And these things that you're mentioning could, are somewhat presented, but so mm-hmm. incredibly half ass about their opinion on it. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. It really drives me nuts. <laughs> like, it's like, do you think, I mean, this is a, you can amount out of a molehill. This might be a can of worms, but do you think this shit is happening somewhere? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, do you think there's someone out there doing this shit? <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't want to get conspiratorial. I don't know. I'll just, that'll be rhetorical. We can just be rhetorical. There's a part of uh, me that like during this movie, I'm like, people out there doing this shit like no like maybe cloning but and they just like don't tell anybody and they have their own little private like fuck and then they just listen to fucking morrissey i god i hope not because yeah it just morrissey probably like wouldn't it. support this no definitely not i'm just like especially what happens adrian animals. brody was wearing something it's like i listen to the smiths a lot <laughs> right yeah 
Anyways, oh, well, yeah. I just want to throw that one out there. <laughs> like, what if we, yeah, I don't know. What if this shit is really happening? Um, from Kim Newman, Empire Magazine, four out of five. It doesn't go the complete distance, but this is a wholly admirable, refreshingly grown-up science fiction movie. A Frankenstein with a beating. Gene Splice Hart and top-of-the-range performances. I'll do the I'm News trying. of the World one from Ro Robbie Collin, four out of five. It's refreshing to see a genre movie that credits, credits its audience with a bit of intelligence. And Splite oh has a lot going on under the bonnet. Ugh. News of the world, more like news of the UK. <laughs> bonnet? I don't know. Or maybe Bonnet. Who says Bonnet? I don't know. Uh, I'll do one more from Nigel Floyd. Time out. There's, there's more critic critically favored ones like i mean if you if you want to check yeah. them out just just so you know like there's some reputable people that enjoy this movie um actually i might do a couple more just to show uh nigel floyd from timeout says this Cronen cronenbergian expo yes. exploration of the perils of interspecies gene splicing wrestles with some topical and disturbing ideas but never quite pins them down yeah, there you go so it's it's a yeah. little little middle of the road um, oh man, there, actually, there are a couple. Sorry, I'm going to do a couple more. From Entertainment Weekly, gave it a 91. Lisa Schwartzbaum says it's a cheeky, great looking, thoughtfully loopy creature feature about the lore and dangers of cutting edge gene splicing. Manola Dargis from New York Times gave it a 90. Mr. Natalie, whose earlier films include Cube. Hasn't reinvented oh. the horror genre, but with Splice, he has done the next best thing with an intelligent movie that in between its small booze and an occasional hair-raising Joel explores chewy issues like bioethics, abortion, corporate-sponsored science, commitment problems between lovers, and even Freudian-worthy family dynamics. So fascinating. From Time, a 90, from Mary Poles. The movie is ridiculously over the top, inelegant, and so defiantly crazy that it works. Reminding you how fun Gorn creatures that go bump and grind in the night can be. It's a sci-fi horror film, but no actual comedy has made me laugh as much this year as Splice. There we go. They right? got everything they wanted out of that movie. They got the horror, wow. they got the comedy. I don't understand how they did it, but they did it. Michael Ordonna from LA Times gave it a 90 as well. In its mix are ethical quandaries in biotechnology, nature versus nurture, and an adorable, sexy, disturbing monster. I'm going to read that one more time. Oh, uh, yeah, please. Adorable, sexy, disturbing monster. Yikes. So there's that. But it wins best in show by focusing on one of the weirder relationship triangles in recent memory. Thank you, Michael Ordonna from LA Times for reminding us of the adorable, sexy, disturbing monster. Uh, one more from Joe Morgenstern, Wall Street Journal 90. I just had to get these. I did some of the more obscure ones. These are the main, main boys and gals, the film and they's and splices. The film takes itself frivolously when that's appropriate from some of its charmingly silly and seriously when, as is often the case, all sorts of good surprises are unleashed. Let's check out some audience feelings yes from the one star varietal uh let's see from marlini puente one star out of five 
Nope, nope, nope. I get the whole concept regarding going too far in science experiments and where to draw the line, but holy hell, this was disturbing to watch. I absolutely hate Elsa's character too. She's selfish, yeah. manipulative, doesn't think about the consequences, consequences of her actions, and acts surprised when Dren becomes sexually curious. She's truly evil and morally disturbed. I was genuinely disgusted when Dren had sex with a boyfriend and then spontaneously switched genders only to have sex with Elsa and impregnate her. Uh, yeah. From yes. Sharice the Bean, the Bean, one star out of five. What the Badoof did I just watch? Oh, what the Badoof? Serious, it's pretty gross. So basically, this girl decided to mix humans and alien, and it ends up weird murder and stuff, and a guy tried to murder the alien-human hybrid thing, and it didn't die. I would prefer to see the Mewtwo Tic Tac Eater, but it didn't <laughs> afterward i felt bad uh, but afterward both of the two main characters they're disgusting my brain it's broken yeah it sounds like it <laughs> from obreezy 89 one star out of five honestly top 50 worst movies all time adrian brody and sarah Polly are terrible the acting does nothing to help this movie's disjointed plot people people write reviews trying to put an open-minded spin on garbage nothing like creating a monster than having sex with it only to have it change sexes and rape the other main character. Sorry. Beginning to end. Waste of time. Sorry. Uh, yep. From Jake Merrill. One star out of five. The female co-main character is absolutely insufferable. Not only does she consistently manipulate her boyfriend, but she also makes complete ra completely rash decisions that a supposed great scientist, let alone person of sound mind, would not make. Maybe if she was better written alongside better writing of the movie in general than this movie might be bearable. Mm -hmm. uh, Yikes, man. I'll do this one more. Nice. Jenny Yang, one star. Dude, I can't even look at... Oh, I am traumatized, says Jenny Yang. Dude, I can't even look at someone that looks like Dren the same. Like it's going <laughs> to remind me of the movie. The acting is pretty good to the point where the characters annoy me. One star. <laughs> The actors people are, are really good. upset about the essay in this yeah. in this movie is is uh, what a lot of these reviews are are surrounding because it's it happens in the end in a very like climactic sort of way that the movie is leading to and not only that but there is an unwanted pregnant pregnancy that comes of it mm -hmm. and that is like the sting of the movie is the result of that moment and yeah uh, it's crazy Absolutely insane. So I don't know if I can barrel down what, like, what do the critics like about this? Like they, they were honing in on all of those philosophical quandaries. They well, mentioned the yeah. humor, which I is think in kind of a campy part. way that almost yeah. we are Missing. like, yes, well, we I mean, I had mentioned that at least, some campy stuff in the, and in a way this is like an entertaining too, but it still doesn't make complete sense to me why they would actually rate this positive. Agreed. I don't understand. And maybe it's a del, maybe it's a del Toro recency bias of pan's labyrinth being close enough to this. I don't know. It's not like they gave, they gave, did they give Hellboy many favors? I don't know. <laughs> I think um, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially the second one, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the one he did. I know. Yeah, a lot of people do really like that one. Yeah, it's fun. It's and fun he didn't necess- necessarily direct this, uh, but it is for the better parts of it. I guess some of the design and the mm-hmm. conceptual work for its its best moments maybe harken to one of his movies, but the actual meat of the story and the characters are completely lost on me. Uh, The things that they're attempting to work. I don't know. Maybe they're working too well on me where I actually like cringe so hard that I, I cannot look at the screen anymore. And I know that in some horror movies, maybe that's a good thing, but for this one, it's so upsetting. Mm Mm-hmm that I no longer find titillation with it. Like there's a little bit, there's a little bit of the human centipede thing of just like, look how fucking far they took this. Can you believe how fucking far they took this batshit movie? And it's not good. I don't support it. I hated the characters. I hated the story. I hated where it went. There's some elements that, uh, wow this is your final summation yeah i'm gonna finish it up with this yeah 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 because like there's some elements that this is such a great final summation (laughs) like i just a list of hating i was really i was trying to i was trying to like come to terms with it since i watched Uh it of like there's artists it's upsetting because there are there's like some artistry there is even like some pretty creative shots like it opens up on a pov of someone being fucking born that's a pretty cool opening of a movie. Like I kind of, uh, I think it's kind of cool. Like if you can do that well, like, I don't know, like, Oh wow. We're really starting with the the birth of something like, and this is, this is birthing me into the story of, of the movie. Like, but then some of that, yeah, that maybe comes across as like. Hokey to me. Hokey. Like, yeah. And like someone think, yeah, like kind of an edge Lord sort of thing where like someone thinks it it's so much more meaningful than, than it actually is. And it's actually just kind of, uh, the the substance of it is kind of bullshit, but there are some trappings yes. a, above like the conceptual design of the monster and everything I can see on paper being like, wow, mm, sure. you found a way to combine uh, anatomical sort of attributions to different yeah. mammals and animals and everything like that and combine it into a character that grows into kind of three distinct uh representations throughout its time maybe i guess four when it goes into the male porn which happens very quickly like it turning into male like happens like two seconds all his features change but who am i who am i to say this is a new creature um but there are moments where i'm just like looking at the creature like wow like they really thought out its design the effects somehow when they instill the real person in with the creature Uh like it kind of, it holds up like pretty well, I guess I'm trying to think of like some positives, like whoever that, the actress that, that plays the creature, she does it. She does a good job. Um, but fuck, is it disturbing in a way that I would never want to see again? Um, it reminded me of how bad shit it was. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's not a good movie, but it's like, it's, it's sort of like, interesting like in, you can't really look away from certain things but it's like sensationalist in that way where it's it's feeding on you to continue watching because it's going at this pace it's doing things that it's like oh what if we did this what if we push the, the plot to this point but it never questions like why the characters would actually do that so it's never believable it's never like you're you're in its 
uh, in the palm of, of the, of the creators of this movie's hand. It's just like surface level stuff that I like some conceptual stuff, some moments like the blob stuff, some ideas. There's some ideas that like in better hands, maybe could be handled with more delicacy or better care. Uh, you can relate this to some other things that might be better like Cronenberg or Frankenstein or something like that. Um, but for the reasons I, I already lined up, I just, I needed like a shining light of hope in this movie somewhere. Like I needed some sort of like person to be like, here's the plan of how we're going to deal with this. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like even like yeah. some of my favorite movies that have dread, true dread in them are some of my favorite horror movies of like, fuck, like how are we going to, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. But in a lot of those movies, like, there's a point where someone comes along or that or like, Oh, we have this plan. If we do this exactly, it's a low chance of working. But if we, if we follow this plan, we can do it. Neither of them come to an agreement about a plan or what to do. That'll actually like solve it. They are constantly like f- coming up with fucking temporary solutions that, you know, are never going to fucking work out. And you can tell that they know that too. And there's just no, there's no sense of control. There's no sense of uh, comfort. And Ah, sounds counterintuitive in a horror movie. You want to be uncomfortable, but it's just uh, not enjoyable and not fun, not titillating. I, even like we, I mean, you brought up like uh, a titillating in a, in a fucked up way, but not for me. And like it follows even it's like mm-hmm. that is the essence of dread. There's always going to be someone falling. There's always going to be something coming for you. But what happens what does at that the, movie do? But what happens in at the, the beginning, beginning of the movie? Yeah. The guy sits her down is like, hey, this is this is how long I've made it. I'm giving it to you, but this is your best chance of making it through. This is, is this direction that, and I'm giving it to you and plot wise and, and narrative. And, you know, I, I don't need to be, sh- you know, sharing tips from a better movie or anything, but there's just, there's things within a, a dreadful situation that can give some life to the ride that you're about to go on. Um, so like, yeah, like a one out of four would be like uh 25, right? So I'd give it like a 18. I'll give it like an 18. Yeah. I mean, 20, you're 18 yeah, or something you're, like that. I think it's like reprehensible. Some of the shit. I, that's okay. So that's, so that's how my, it's like offensive. Go. Like it, it like goes dips below yeah. because it like it's offensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's a big part of how I'm going to review this um, or what the score what my score is going to be. So you've outlined uh, a majority of the things that have already been said and the things that I would say about not liking the movie. So I don't need to rehash them about this movie is just uh, absolutely poor in almost every aspect of trying to accomplish what it's like, you know, things that it finds interesting, uh, executing on concepts or ideas in horror movies and other movies, all of it's really bad. And then it's reprehensible and then it has two essay uh scenes in this movie that are wholly undeserving yeah. um, i don't think they add anything to the movie and are just sh- shocking for the sake of shocking and i don't think essay should be used that way at all because it should if you're going to have that in your movie it should be to the effect of making a very mm-hmm. clear and point about yeah. your perspective on this well and it doesn't do that do that at all so i'm going to actually yeah, well give this point. movie a one Fuck this, yeah. this mm. is the if, like I don't ever want to watch this movie ever again. <laughs> like, mm. 
it's if it's fucking sucks it's uh it drove me nuts it and uses then, that as a horror yeah horror tactic and i mean i guess i don't know fucking last house on the left or whatever fucking shit like uses uh, the the vehicle of human depravity in, in a way that it like yeah i don't know it almost like knows what it's doing but yeah that's completely reasonable and 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 in this movie it does it in a way as a as a climactic moment and as its ellipsis is, is the cause of that. And it's, uh, yeah, not good. No, mm. not good. Okay. So before we end the podcast, I have some magnetized for us. Oh so, my so God. Do, so we're going to do, uh, so oh, for shit. people who don't know, um, since it's just me and James on this episode, what's going to happen is, is we're going to play magnetize, which is a game we've played before where I am going to give a movie that has the same score from critics and audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. James is going to try to guess said score. And then since it's just him, typically there would be like another person here and whoever gets closest would win a point. We'd go to three. So what we're going to do is, uh, 21 if you are off so every time you guess say you're off you know by however many from what the number is we're going to just tally up the differences after three and if you get if you go over 21 points difference you lose if you stay within it you win okay got it right gotcha okay all right so the first movie is nightmare on elm street three dream oh warriors. dream warriors oh fuck wow <laughs> i love when there's older movies represented on rotten tomatoes and this has been something that i've been wanting for this podcast too is finding some of these older movies that are polarized but what happens with older movies is people tend to i feel like come to the same conclusion about them because more time has passed they can sit with it for a bit polarizing reactions are kind of reactionary in themselves i feel like so yeah, from nine, it, and this one I, I feel like want, has grown in people's esteem as time has gone on. Well, actually, I don't know how people reacted when it first came out, but I just went through the Nightmare on Elm Street movies up to three. I don't think I got to four. I think I just did one, two, and three last Halloween. I ended up enjoying this one quite a bit. So I'm gonna do yeah. 74. 74 coming from James on Nightmare less, on. Huh? Elm Street Three Dream Warriors. It is sixty-eight. Oh, that's not bad. Okay, I'll take it. So, okay, yeah. so you said so what? People are, what did you say? 73? Seventy-four. 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 Okay. Okay. So people like so that. You're six. That's probably better than two. Okay. All right. Dream Warriors okay, so is good. This six difference. They like it's. There's like lore that's right added now. to that movie that like should come yeah, up like right. if they if, if they do more elm street movie and i know they remade it at one point with uh with uh rooney mara and stuff but like that dream warrior stuff they can like you the way to fight back in your dreams of like finding your uh your warrior element and, like and fighting back against freddy in your own way it was really cool yeah absolutely and people loved it more a lot more than the second one mm-hmm so yeah. it was one of those situations kind where, of yeah, it, it goes, one's a classic, two, by and large, hated, uh, and three is where it, you know, makes a course correction for the better. It really just gets bigger and, you know, more action-y, which, yeah, has a tendency to, yeah, I don't know, be more populist. Mm -hmm. There are <laughs> some of those horror movies where it's like, 
the odds are good or the evens are good. I like between Friday the 13th and Halloween and like mm-hmm. odds and yeah. evens are, are good depending on which one. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. Next movie is Tucker and Dale versus evil. Ooh, this one's good. Okay. This has got to be positive. This is something that really appealed to me as somebody that didn't watch a lot of horror movies to see a satire of a horror Uh, movie. Right. uh, Really spoke to me and being able to laugh, but then also have a lot of horror elements. I'm going to say this is, this is probably like 82. 82 coming from James. This is a good one. Tucker and Dale versus evil. This should be certified freshy fresh. And say it again. You say 82. I think it's good. 82 it's a it good is move. 85 Woo! wow okay yeah. james yeah. you were in a good position moving into the shit, last yeah, one man. you got a total of nine difference so shit man you got i fucked this up one time when you did this game for me i feel like the third one i like completely was off base so anything can happen <laughs> well that's the thing right it's like it's really not difficult for you to be like yeah this was a 65 and it's an 85 and then bang, you're done. You uh-huh. know? So yeah, this could go, this could go bad quickly. So, all right. Last movie mm. is I am legend. Fuck. A Philip <laughs> K. Dick story. I've recently started my first Philip K. Dick's uh, book called Ubik. I think is how you pronounce Ooh. it. U B I K. It's like, it's crazy. Within the first like 10 pages, it's already like introducing shit that just blows my mind. Like people die or like they don't even really die. They just like keep them around in this like place. Like they upload their mind to like this thing and then you can like visit them every year. But then like they're it slowly like drains like their life force kind of drains away to the point where like they do actually oh. die. But like er, like they put them in this place where you can like every year go go talk to them for like a day. And then they like prolong them. It's just ideas that like, yeah. And then I watched, uh, I'm sorry, every one of these movies, I'm just going on my own little train, but I watched this movie called a glitch in the matrix. It's a documentary about how we might be living in a simulation. Oh, cool. Yeah. All all about like, that's a trap possibilities of, of that. And a a big part of that, the follow through, like a big part of that documentary that they kept on going back to was, there was this time when Philip Gay Dick like went to this book reading and instead of like doing a book reading, he brought like this stack of papers that he printed out and he gave this like whole dissertation about like oh. how we might be like living in a simulation and just like talking god. about all this. Oh and, my like, god, that sounds so great. Is essentially like a big part of his inspiration for Man in High Castle or whatever that one is of like he says he has like these false memories about uh the nazis winning world war ii and how there's like this alternate reality of that really existing and that's why a man high castle is essentially that about uh if nazis won the war um yeah so anyways where the fuck are we (laughs) Uh, i am legend i am legend i'm gonna give i am legend an 89 89 i feel like it's pretty favorable on I, I am legend. I feel like people is that too high? I don't know. The score for I am legend is sixty percent. Damn, really? I thought people liked yeah. that one. That was way too uh, high. Shit. So that was like way over twenty one. Yeah. 
Fuck. Yeah, See, I fucked it up. Really? 68? <laughs> Damn. 68, yeah, because it's not that great of a movie. Yeah, I don't know why I thought people rated it so high. Um, shit, why? Hey, it was a good... Hey, you know what? We just... We talked uh, about why this happened. You got close. You got close. Uh, hey. But there we are. That is magnetized. What a game. What a game. These numbies, man. I love I love stats sometimes, when, and especially ascribing numerical quantities to movies is something I'm trying to do more of, and we've been doing it on this podcast. Uh, I question every single time I rate a movie, but damn, when it's like a an averaged out thing, it, it makes it uh, kind of interesting how things come to those conclusions. A movie like mm-hmm. Splice doesn't exist maybe in conversation-wise between people, but out on the web... On Rotten Tomatoes, critic scores are still out there in black and white, and it is 75%, and that's something that I have to live with. We both have to live with the fact that that's a critically acclaimed movie, uh, and and I have to live with the fact that I fucking suck at my own game, but it's okay. You mean such a great game, James. I love it. Yeah, it's it's the opposite of our podcast. We'll do another one on... Uh, on magnetized mm. movies, but then it'll just be a lot of like, wow, can you believe how much people agree on things? Isn't our world great? People agree on everything <laughs> exactly how they should. Um, thank you for a rousing segment to uh, tally us off here. Um, we hope you guys have enjoyed our very mm-hmm. gratuitous. Eh, it's, it's been, it's been a solid, healthy discussion of a batshit movie of a batshit creature that yeah. probably has some bat in there mixed in there uh-huh. those wings are, are pretty bat like um for our next feature for our next discussion we will be continuing the horror train it's the horror novo octo novo horror novo octo yeah. um and we're going to a russell crow experience <laughs> He is the exorcist for the Pope. He isn't exercising the Pope is from what I've heard, but he's the exorcist for the Pope. He is the Pope's exorcist. This movie came out this year in 2023. It has a poopy doopy snoopy 48% from the critics. (laughs) It has a hottie toddy 81% from the audience side of things. We will be here to discuss another Russell Crowe free Russell Crowe feature. We did unhinged. This episode might get unhinged that we discuss the Pope's exorcist. I can only hope so. Uh, <laughs> Me too. Because I feel a little unhinged myself after that. Uh, that movie. Yeah. That fuck, This fucking movie. I'm so glad we were able to do this. This was kind of like closure for me after seeing it. Uh, almost what? Yeah. 15 years ago in the movie theater and, and thinking about it every now and then. <laughs> Yep. You ever yeah, you have those movies you haven't you've only seen once, but then every now and then you wake up and you're like, fuck. Remember that fucking splice movie where Remember they created a creature and then had <laughs> they both had sex with it? Um and uh now it's it's closure. I can put it away. I can never think of it again, hopefully. And yeah, we can move on right. to bigger, better things like Pope's Exorcist. I'm hoping for the best. Brandini, yeah. speaking of the best. Oh, stop that. No, I don't oh, think you. Yeah, yeah. Whoop it. <laughs> uh, this has been a true pledge. Yes, Gonk, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. It's, it's so, so preem. Um, preem co-host. Uh, I have been your forever guest with the co-most. And if you'd like to reach us at any other place, polarize the pod at gmail.com twitch.tv slash polarize. We're streaming live as you speak. As I speak, you're not speaking. I'm speaking. Shut up. Uh, and then what else? Uh, X. Yeah. Polarized pod. Uh, we love you all. Please join us next time for Pope's Exorcist. Enjoy your spooky season, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Inside you. Oh, I'm Albert Fay. <laughs> <laughs>